0: Hi, True Crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hey, everyone. I'm Melissa. I'm Jeff. Today is March 1st, and that means we're doing our Maniac Murder episode. In case you aren't familiar with these episodes, we use Culture Meister Unique Card Games cards. And in case you are interested in buying a deck of these cards, I did put the Amazon link on our Podbean webpage. It's also in our show notes, and I've put a picture of the card on our Twitter. This month's episode is on the trash bag killer, Patrick Chiarney, and Jeff is here to read that card for you.
1: Kearney Kearney
0: I'm not sure Kearney
1: I think Kearney you think Kearney I think Kearney (laughs) (laughs) anyway Patrick Kearney the trash bag killer still alive age at first kill 25 years undiscovered 12 number of victims uh ranges but says 28 plus uh born 24 September 1939 which makes him Aries is that the symbol for Aries that makes him a Libra he has a maniac factor of three stars And Patrick Kearney was primarily a necrophile and possibly the most prolific serial killer alive in U.S. history. He claimed to have killed 43 young men starting in 1974. Kearney is estimated to have committed murders on almost a monthly
0: basis. I just want to say, too, that this is not appropriate for children at all, or maybe even you. This is a very gruesome episode. I think that this was one of the most disgusting stories I've really read.
1: And, I think I mentioned this when we first pulled the card, but he has one really funky ear.
0: Let me see. He really does. That's really unfortunate for him. Yes, his
1: left ear protrudes at least three times further than his right.
0: As Jeff mentioned a moment ago, Patrick Wayne Kearney was born on 9-24-1939. According to sunsigns.org, this does make him on the cusp of both libra and virgo this particular birthday symbolizes an end and a beginning a person who focuses on appearance rather than the beauty of nature's course appearances matter a lot to you and you're not one to leave home in your pajamas
1: that really makes the year stand out even more now
0: born in east Los Angeles, california
1: you know that was a cheech and chong song
0: i didn't know born
1: in east l.a It was to the tune of Bruce Springsteen's, born in the USA. Oh. (laughs) But they were born in East LA, which has a very high Mexican population.
0: Kearney was a thin and sickly child. Teased by his peers in early life, taunted with phrases like girly boy, queer boy, and little faggot, Patrick later stated that he felt his childhood compared to Carrie White's from the movie Carrie. Patrick would later choose victims that reminded him of his childhood peers. It is said that at age 13, Patrick was taught to slaughter pigs by shooting them behind the ear. Patrick enjoyed slaughtering and shooting the pigs, and when no one was around, he would shoot the pigs that weren't ready for slaughter. And I, I did kind of, like, when I'm reading this, I wondered, like, did anyone notice? Yeah, like, you think you'd notice? get in trouble for that, like, right? I, I feel like, yeah.
1: Like, hey, we have a business where we slaughter pigs, and you can't just go <laughs> randomly killing them.
0: Right. Like I, <laughs> like, I feel like that would be like, a thing. Like, like, your parents would be mad.
1: Yeah, you're kind of throwing away money there, bud.
0: It is said that he had a thing for the blood and organs and would roll around in the pig's intestines. Yeah,
1: that's so that's incredibly messy.
0: Right. And, and sticky
1: and gross.
0: I get the impression like his parents didn't really know that this was happening.
1: He's covered in blood.
0: I don't know how.
1: I wonder if they had like an outdoor shower.
0: (laughs) I would be extremely, I mean, who wouldn't be extremely concerned about their child? I'm sure everyone is thinking that right now.
1: Hey, where's Patrick? Oh, he's out there rolling around in pig intestines again. Oh, that boy.
0: Yeah. What are we going to do with him? Well, I mean, if that's not bad enough, Patrick said his first sexual experience was also around this time, and it was penetration with the family dog. Poor dog. I know. I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't
1: with one of the pigs. Right. Maybe they were too slippery? I mean... They kept getting away?
0: I'm just going to say, it probably wasn't a one-time thing, and I do feel really bad for the animals. Oh, poor doggo. Patrick was the oldest of three boys born into the family, and he started fantasizing about killing at the early age of eight. Patrick's father, George, was a police officer and his mother was a homemaker. Which gives a little more like validity to the like how did they not know, right? If she's like always home, always taking care of the kids. It's not like they're at work, Patrick's rolling around in the pig intestines, he's cleaning it up (laughs) before they get home, right?
1: And what, so the father was a police officer and they had a side pig slaughtering business? So, I mean, was this like a family I mean, like a relative or something? I wonder. what it sounds like.
0: I wondered about this. That's what it seems to me. Like he was a police officer, the mother was a homemaker, and they they did kind of do that on the side. I didn't really see anything stating like that they had like a big farm or you know, that's just what it seemed like to me. I, I couldn't there really wasn't much on that, which
1: was there a lot of pig raising going on in LA in the sixties? <laughs>
0: like, I don't know. It doesn't seem
1: like a place a lot of pigs are
0: right but in the 1950s Patrick's father George did quit the police force after choosing a new path as a salesman for a travel agency the family relocated to Arizona in middle school Patrick took an interest in other languages and eventually became fluent in Spanish Japanese and Chinese
1: that's pretty impressive
0: that is extremely impressive Especially for a boy who spends his spare time rolling around in pig intestines.
1: And today you've even been struggling with English. So
0: (laughs) yeah, you really have been, (laughs) it's been terrible. Patrick graduated high school in 1957 and relocated to Long Beach, California. LBC. Patrick took some community college courses, but then decided his future was in the air force. Enlisting in 1958, Patrick was stationed in Texas. It was at this time that Patrick would discharge from the Air Force and meet David Hill. Patrick and David would move back to Long Beach together.
1: So conflicting information on how he was discharged?
0: Yeah, I, I don't really know if he served his whole time. I read that he was dishonorably discharged. I read that he was honorably discharged. It just every source seemed to say something different, and then nobody really had anything substantial to make me think who was right or who was wrong. Gotcha. David Hill had many things that I'm just going to assume Patrick probably desired. David Hill was 6'2", muscular, while David was 5'7", and frail. The boy everyone had always called wimpy was now in a relationship with this tall, muscular, handsome man. David Hill was one of nine children. His father hung himself, unfortunately, in 1948, leaving the family of 10 to struggle. Yikes. Yikes. David had trouble holding a job after he dropped out of high school and joined the army. The military didn't work out for David either. He found himself with a dishonorable discharge. Patrick and David loved to break up and make up. They would always gravitate back to each other. During one long breakup, David would go back to his hometown and marry his high school sweetheart. Linda Gale and David would have a child together. But David still could not resist Patrick. It w- it was a kismet for psychopaths, I suppose.
1: That sucks for Linda.
0: It really does. I, f- I really feel for Linda here. I really didn't see anything like on the kid or what happened to Linda. I mean, I-, I hope that life worked out for them. In 1962, the two were on the outs again, and this was when Patrick decided he could not go on without killing any longer. In the spring of 1962... Patrick's first victim was 19 years old. Unnamed, only known as John Doe, he would agree to take a motorcycle ride with Patrick. Patrick shot the young man in the head and raped him post-mortem. He mutilated the man's body and threw it off the roadside highway, 86, as if it were garbage.
1: So he just did all that, like, on the side of the road? Yeah. Eek. Wow, must have been a very desolate road. Jeez.
0: Maybe. Shortly after, in the same year, Patrick would kill two more victims the same way, shooting them behind the ear, like he did the pigs, raping and disposing of their bodies. I was going to
1: say, he really used that pig training right, to his advantage here.
0: The first being an unnamed 16-year-old that was the cousin of Patrick's first victim. He had known that Patrick had taken his victim on the motorcycle ride, and I'm assuming Patrick had to get rid of him the second victim was an 18 year old known as mike david hill left his wife later in the year and went back to live with patrick in long beach patrick's life was starting to really come together financially with his high level of intellect patrick was able to land a job as an engineer with hughes aircraft patrick even quit this job in january of 1963 and a few months later was rehired as a senior research assistant. Patrick is bringing home more than $20,000 a year at this time. Minimum wage in California in the 1960s averaged about $1.50 an hour. If Patrick was working a 40-hour week, this equals out to be more than $9.50 an hour. Needless to say, he was living very comfortably. I wondered why I was reading this. Is this is like why David kept going back to him? Because David never really was able to hold a job.
1: Oh, he was broke. Right. Patrick had the bucks.
0: Life with Patrick was much more cushy than raising a son with a wife, I bet. supporting everyone.
1: Even if you did have to look at his crazy ear. Right. In
0: 1966, David and Linda were officially divorced. And in 1967, David and Patrick took a road trip to Mexico, visiting a friend. You know, in some sources I read that it was a friend of Patrick's, and some I read that it was a friend of David's. Either way, we only know the friend is George. Friend of the couple. Could be. Patrick confessed later that he shot the man between the eyes, drug him to the bathtub, where he would rape and mutilate his body. He even went as far to extract the bullet from the victim's head to prevent identification. Is that normal?
1: Like, I've never heard that before. Do people do that?
0: I don't know. I mean, mean, you read a lot of these
1: things. You hear a lot about them. Like, do people pull bullets out of dead bodies to prevent bullet matching up?
0: I, I feel like I might have heard it before, but I don't feel like it's, like, common. You know? Especially, like, back then, right? Because I feel like... I mean, they were matching up bullets and stuff, but I feel like that kind of thing was probably a newer technology it wasn't you know today there's so much more technology
1: right the ballistics wasn't advanced
0: right but i mean, I mean it must have
1: been it must have been something to do it though because he <laughs> pulled the pulled out of the body he
0: buried the dismembered body behind the garage now i also didn't know i mean i'm assuming that this is the victim's garage because i mean they were taking a road trip i'm assuming they didn't take the body back with them <laughs> yeah but probably not it does seem like patrick did um, kind of transport dead bodies. So, I mean, it could have been his own garage. I, I'm assuming it was the victims, but I did not see where anyone knew that inf- or specified that information.
1: I Man, there is so much more that goes into killing somebody than just killing them. I'm just always amazed by like the levels that people go to.
0: Right. Dedicated.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's exhausting. Like, now I gotta bury this guy? Oh, does anybody have a backhoe? Right. Like, I can just. <laughs> Dig a hole somewhere.
0: Right. I mean, I've dug a couple of holes. Oh. They weren't very big. It is hard. Right. It sucks.
1: <laughs> and you run into tree roots and plumbing. And there's all kinds of things <laughs> that can go wrong. Where's What's David's part in all this? Is he just like hanging out while this is going on? Because there's not anything that he's done so far, really, except
0: be a party to this. I mean, I don't know. I think we'll have to wait and find out. So after this murder, it did put some fear of getting caught in Patrick's mind, and he did take a little bit of a break from killing. He was afraid to get caught, but his hiatus wouldn't last for long. Patrick purchased a residence in Redondo Beach, California for $20,750 in December of 1969. But in 1971, David Hill would still walk out on Patrick, leaving behind only a note. Patrick was mad. In 1971 the killings became more common and by 1974 Patrick would later admit that he was killing on average of one victim a month.
1: Thanks a lot, David.
0: Patrick stated he would go out to bars and just cruise the streets and choose a victim and get them into his car and while driving shoot his victim with his right hand keeping his left hand on the steering wheel paying special attention to monitor his speed. He would then drive with his deceased victim slumped over, but still upright, in his passenger seat to a secluded area and violate and mutilate the bodies. All
1: right, hang on. So did you say anything about like what caliber gun he's doing this with?
0: I don't think so. Yeah,
1: so we've all seen Pulp Fiction, right? When they shoot that dude in the face in the back of the car, it leaves quite a mess. Like, it's not just, like, you know, like, the car would be covered in blood. It would. Like, just completely covered.
0: I used to work at an auto auction, and there's times, like, we, we were detailers. I was young. There was times when people that had, like, committed suicide in a car, like, we would have to clean that car. Oh so when you're at an auto auction, just remember that that's what you could be buying. <laughs> oh, wow. There was biohazard cleaner. I never actually had to clean one of those cars. But, um, I mean, when you spray that biohazard cleaner, like, on the vents and whatever, it just comes running out. It's Eef. not Yeah, pregnant. so
1: if you're doing this, like, once a month, and you're shooting them in the head in your car, right. and you're just driving around...
0: Like, who's your detailer? They, are they realizing what they're cleaning up? He has, like,
1: an account. Like, right. with a local detailing shop. He gets billed monthly for
0: it. Patrick would sometimes drain the blood of his victims to prevent odor. He would often beat the bodies in the process, bathing the dismembered parts to eliminate evidence, like fingerprint and hairs and whatnot. Patrick would stuff them into industrial trash bags, Taping them up with heavy-duty tape, he would dispose of the bags in landfills, canyons, or along freeways. There were a few exceptions to this, with some bodies being left in secluded areas of the desert to be eaten by animals.
1: Again, just going to enormous lengths.
0: I did wonder, like... The animals take the bones too. Like, didn't they find like bones in the desert? I don't know. I mm. guess the desert's really big. Right? <laughs> it is really big, and you like, probably
1: find a lot of bones in the desert.
0: Right, and the sand probably moves a lot. No, I, I've never. Hey, been to the something desert. could get covered,
1: like through windstorms and whatnot. Right. right.
0: Patrick stated that he felt beating his victims' dead bodies helped him release suppressed anger from his childhood. I mean, dude, buy a punching bag. It made him feel powerful. Buy
1: a punching bag.
0: We don't have to beat dead bodies. To add to all the disgusting things on Patrick Kearney's list, he was also a pedophile. Ronald Dean Smith was Patrick's youngest victim at age five, and there were a couple of other young victims too. I mean, he basically did the same things to them that he did to the adults. One was a little more graphic. I don't even want to go into the details of these children being killed. I'm not entirely sure when, but sometime before 1977, Patrick and David were together again. And I feel it's pretty safe to assume David Hill was aware of Patrick's activities, because John Otis LeMay had told his neighbor that he would be meeting a man named David that he had met at the local gym. Even though David wasn't home when John arrived, Patrick invited John in to watch some TV and wait for David to get home. And John decided to stay. Patrick would kill John, dismember his corpse, and leave him in the desert.
1: So was this set up by David?
0: It sounds like it to me. Or did he um, just like
1: meet a dude that he kind of liked It was like, hey man, why don't you stop by?
0: But I don't think that we really know. Hmm. But that's, that's, that's my opinion of it. It's not the f- formal opinion of it. Because of John's neighbor's information, the police caught on to this one and searched Patrick and David's home. They were said to have been very cooperative, welcoming the police with open arms and expressing concern for the man's whereabouts. But police had found the remains of John and took a sample of carpet to try to match it to the carpet fibers found on the tape from the garbage bag. Patrick then picked up his last check and the two of them went on the run. But eventually, at their family's urgings, Patrick and David did turn themselves in. That's
1: not very common, right? Like, killers I mean, don't
0: often turn themselves over. I don't enough. feel like it's very common, no. They simply walked into the police station and pointed to the wanted poster on the wall and said, Here we are, that's us. Yep, that's
1: us. <laughs> Here we are.
0: During the murders, Patrick had become obsessed with other serial killers. He was particularly obsessed with Dean Correll, or Coral, another murderer in California. He read everything he could about him and kept newspaper clippings of articles about him. After his capture, a psychiatrist stated that Patrick had an IQ of 180. In case you're not familiar with the scale, most people fall between 85 and 115. 111 is considered high intelligence, and it's rare for people to have an IQ higher than 130.
1: Yeah, 180 isn't even like on the scale. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's insanely high.
0: Patrick confessed initially to 28 murders. He cleared David Hill of any involvement and David Hill was later released. Because of physical evidence or lack thereof, Patrick was given 21 life sentences and he pled guilty as agreed upon in exchange for a no death penalty sentence. His 28 murder confessions later increasing to a possible 35. So to answer your question, I think David probably knew what was going on. I mean, we don't know that he did. We don't know that he participated. But how could he not know?
1: Yeah, I think they must have really not had anything on him physically to just wipe him clear of everything. Even if it was to get a confession or whatever, I don't think it really would have mattered that much. They still probably had enough to get
0: Patrick Right, and maybe David didn't have anything physically to do with it, but even the knowledge of Patrick doing it is a criminal act.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would at least be like... Accessory to our... Exactly, he's he's definitely an accomplice.
0: Right. I wasn't able to find anything on like Patrick's brothers either, what happened to them. I mean, and since I wasn't able to, I assume that they're leading just normal everyday lives, or were.
1: That's weird that you just can't find anything... How some people just kind of fade off into the into the existence.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they probably don't want to be associated with it.
1: Yeah, right. I think, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be. I would probably change my name.
0: Right. I would
1: go, like, somewhere far, far away.
0: Like, especially in this day and age, if you were associated with somebody like that, I mean, the internet is such a vast place. I mean, any employer could look you up and find out that you were, you know, associated with Patrick Kearney and not want to hire you.
1: Yeah, we're going to go with another candidate. (laughs) Right. We don't want any of that crazy rubbing off around here.
0: There was that time that David had left Patrick, too, and he only left a note. And I kind of thought, if I knew that my boyfriend was a serial murderer, I would probably not want to break up with him in person either. (laughs) Right?
1: Maybe he did it with a (laughs) post-it.
0: So now we have come to our conclusion on our, Patrick Kearney episode and it's time to pull a card for the next first of the month Maniac Murder episode April 1st Jeff is pulling a card for you
1: the butcher of Rostov Andre Chikatilo age at first kill 41 years undiscovered 13 number of victims 53 or more born October 16th 1936 has a maniac factor of five stars.
0: I have never heard of this guy, so I have no idea what the next episode is going to bring. But I can tell you that there's two pictures on the card of him, and we'll post this card on our social media. And one of them, he looks extremely insane.
1: Yeah, he. so the first one is like a younger picture where he looks just like a normal dude. And the second one, he looks like a possessed Uncle Fester, kind of. <laughs> he looks really evil it is super creepy and really happy about it
0: yeah it's definitely <laughs> he's definitely smiling
1: <laughs> and uh, alright so Andre okay Andre Romanovich Chikatilo committed the sexual assault murder and mutilation of a minimum of 52 women and children between 1978 and 1990 in Russia he was convicted and sentenced to death and was executed in 1994
0: So that should be a pretty interesting episode. And this upcoming Wednesday, we are going to be releasing our Janelle Potter episode. These were the Facebook murders. So tune in for that.
1: Yeah, that's a doozy.
0: So if you liked our podcast, please hit subscribe and please give us a five-star rating. It really helps us kind of like get to the front so like more people can see our podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Just look up Coffee Murder and Mystery. You can find our Twitter at... Coffee murder underscore.
1: If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or contributions, you can email us at coffee murder mystery at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Evil people are everywhere.
1: Tell somebody you love them. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee Murder and Mystery.